Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew. It is Matthew chapter 17, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 9. This is the story of Jesus taking three disciples, Peter, James, and John, up to the mountain to be transfigured before them. Hear now this reading of the Gospel. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John, and he led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud, a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm not sure about your personal preference, but based on what lots of people share online and based on what season uh, you all seem to talk about most, I would suspect there are more beach people than mountain people gathered here today. And that's, that's great. I love going to the beach. I, I love, uh, I don't know if I've ever done it, but, but one of these days I'm going to sit on a balcony and overlook the ocean and relax and read and enjoy the warm air. But ultimately, if I had a choice, personally, I'm a little bit more of a mountain guy. I, I would choose the snowboard over the surfboard. Nervous about things in the water. I would choose the mountain bike over the beach cruiser. I would choose a four-wheel drive over a convertible. Unless you could have a four-wheel drive convertible, then I would choose that one. And I choose, you know, ski goggles over snorkels, snow over sand. And that's just my preference, and I am not right, and you are not wrong. It is just kind of how it is, I guess. And in that vein, I like snowboarding, and I like skiing, and you can, even if you've never done this, you can picture kind of what happens when uh, you do that activity. I love, the, I love rushing down the hill and the wind kind of in my face, and, and when it's cold, it's okay. And my whole body, as you ski or you snowboard, it's like a whole body activity that sort of perilously guides you down to safety when you reach the bottom the ascent is interesting, but frankly, I'm afraid of heights, so I try not to look down as I'm riding the lift up. And the view from the top is amazing, 
But ultimately, you, when you're snowboarding or you're skiing, and ultimately when you're in the mountains, a lot of times, the action isn't standing up on top of the mountain. The real action, the real story is what happens as you get down the mountain. The action happens as you come back down. And in a unique way that sport imitates life and imitates the spiritual life, I think in both of the passages we read today, as well as both in Scripture and in our lives of faith beyond a mountaintop experience, the meaningful action, the implications of the mountaintop experience are experienced when we come back down. It may seem like what's most important is what happens up on the mountain, where the power of God appears to be most present and potent. But actually, when you step back and you really think about the whole of our faith, the power of God is unleashed back down on the ground after we are back down. Because down here is where lives are really, truly, most fully changed. And I think that that is why Jesus and his disciples come back down off of the mountain of transfiguration. Now, by the time we get to this story in Matthew 17, we are 17 chapters into Jesus' story. And the disciples have been with Jesus for a while. They've heard him preach. They've heard him teach. They've watched him heal people. They've watched him confront religious leaders and miraculously do things that they had never seen done before. And ultimately, all of this is coming together so that they're starting to understand what this ministry of Jesus thing is really kind of all about. Just a few verses before we start reading in 17, chapter 17, Peter says to Jesus, he makes his, his great confession, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah, you are the Son of the living God. Peter sees what's happening in Jesus. He understands as much as he can What's happening here? And Jesus is showing them miracles, but also telling them that, look, this is not all going to be about miracles. It might, get, it might get kind of hard. There might be some difficulties that you face. And though they don't know it in their heads yet, this experience of going up and seeing Jesus transfigured and then coming down and telling the story is... Is, a, is an instruction about what the life of faith is really all about. Six days ago, Jesus, or as Peter confesses that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus then takes them up, or he tells them, then after that, take up your cross and follow me, if you're looking at verse, uh, chapter 16. And then he takes them up to the top of this mountain, and, and these things happen. Just like the things happened when Moses went on the mountain, as Jeanette read, from Exodus. And Jesus and his disciples are, are giving a full, given full affirmation that this, this man is the Son of God. This is the one who was to come. This is, he is the one you've been waiting for all along. 
And before they can really fully grasp even that, the event is over. And they're left with just remembering what it is that happened. And so they say, look, Jesus was transformed in front of them. They had never seen anything like this. He was, his face had shone like the sun. His clothes were white as light. Moses and Elijah appear. I'm still not quite sure about that one. They talk to Jesus, and then, in what seems like an instant, they are gone. In the middle of all of this, Peter says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. But God ignores Peter and says, This is my son, with whom I am well pleased. I love him. Listen to him. And they are instructed by Jesus to go back down the mountain and not to tell anybody about what happened until after the resurrection. It's an amazing story. It's a confusing story. It's an exceptional story. But the arc of what happens, I think, mimics life for us. It pushes against what we think we're supposed to experience, but it mimics for us exactly what we should experience. Because Peter says that that line, I'll build a house for you and for Elijah and for Moses. We can just stay up here. It'll be great. Peter wants to stay on the mountain with Jesus. He doesn't want to go back down. He thinks the best thing would be to remain on the mountain forever. But what he misses is what Jesus then instructs him in, which is the action and the power and the real meaning. What's really important is going to happen beyond this ecstatic, exceptional experience of God on a mountaintop. Because much of the real action is going to happen as you make your way back down and figure out how to Live with this experience in the midst of real life. I would love to live on top of the mountain, wouldn't you? Literally, spiritually, metaphorically. The view is wonderful, but you've got to come back down and get groceries at least. It would be great to live on the mountain, but you've got to come down for water and supplies. It would be great for them to have stayed up on that mountain but more people needed to know about what happened on that mountain than just Jesus, Peter, James, and John. Because they came back down, we all all now know. And so, Jesus comes off the mountain. And in coming down, we see where the action is. We see that God comes to meet us no matter where we are, when it comes to life and faith, God comes down off the mountain to meet us. Now when we think about the meaningful spiritual experiences that we have had in life, oftentimes they occur on retreats or in unique worship settings or at camp. I don't think I've ever gone to camp with a group of youth or children who didn't say at some point, I just wish I could live at Passport. I could live on mission trip. This is wonderful. It's great to get out of real life, to set time apart, 
To get a chance to see what God is doing outside of the normal trappings of our everyday life. It's nice to live out there. And it's our way of saying, Lord, it is good for us to be here. We could, we could build huts here and stay here with you forever. Can we stay? But the church van always comes back home. Right? The vacation always ends. The worship service is over. The retreat sends us back into real life. And we come back home to get reacquainted with friends and with family. And we're forced to start to live out what it was we experienced up on that mountain. And we find that the real work, maybe the hard work, but the significant work of the spiritual life and of life with God happens when we come back down from the mountain and start to meet God here in regular life. Start to see God in the real world and start to share the love of God with others around us. Those who couldn't be up on the mountain but need to know that God was there nevertheless. It is so tempting to think that the action and that the life of faith happens up on the mountain. But actually, in order to participate fully in the love of God, we have to come back down. We can't live up on the mountain. Now, stories illustrate this as well. And, and, and there's a couple modern stories that pop into my head that many of you may have seen. Certainly, I think if you're under 50, you know these references. And if you have grandchildren you probably know them as well. We've all seen the story of how the Grinch stole Christmas. And the action in that story doesn't happen while the Grinch is up in his house on the hill. The conversion happens when he's down in Whoville and encounters Cindy Lou Who. That's when he sees the love that's possible at Christmas. But also... Many of our kids have seen the movie Frozen. Maybe you have seen Frozen as well. And you, you know the story of, of Anna and Elsa. You know this modern day retelling of Hans Christian Andersen's The Snow Queen. And you know that these two sisters have this interesting relationship and that, that Elsa has this, this magic that she doesn't know how to deal with. And so, as the movie goes on, she decides that the best thing for her to do to protect her sister and to protect everybody is for her to go up to North Mountain and to live alone by herself on the mountain. But it doesn't work for various reasons. She can't stay up there. And in fact, the movie is only resolved. The story only comes to fruition and love is only truly expressed and experienced when they come back down off of the mountain. And she's able to, to truly give and experience love and a powerful act of true love on the ground in the midst of real, regular life. 
She wanted to stay up on the mountain, away from the world, absent from it all, because she couldn't. But she couldn't. She couldn't stay up there forever. Just like when we experience meaningful, powerful spiritual experiences with God, we can't stay up there forever. We have to come back to regular life and figure out how now our faith can be at work down off of the mountain. Both of these stories illustrate the very point of what happens with with Peter and James and John and Jesus. They wanted to stay up on the mountain to experience the full power of God. They wanted to stay up there and be free from the other things of life. They wanted to stay away from the regular difficulties of the world. But Jesus was ahead of them, bringing them back down, showing them that God doesn't work that way. God has never worked that way. For when God became Jesus and came to walk the earth, God got in the mix. Heaven came down and the Spirit of God dwells among us. Jesus has a body and experiences life not from afar in heaven but experiences life with feelings, engaged in relationships. Jesus was tangible. You could shake his hand. And in Jesus, God is pushing us to the tangible as well. Not the ecstatic spiritual experiences like the transfiguration up on the mountain, but but, but pushing us back down to the ground where real life happens. Back with the disciples. Back where people can be healed here. Back back from here, from, from which God can be resurrected. Jesus' real ministry happened on the ground with regular real people. And our real lives need to be such that we experience and share God's love that way as well. So Peter says it's good for us to stay up on the mountain with you, Lord. But, in fact, what we find is the way to stay with the Lord is to bring the mountain back down to earth. The way to stay with Jesus, the way to live with Jesus, is to experience God's grace and power and presence right here, right now, with one another, sharing love and grace with one another. And I think think that is why God uses the table, the table that's in front of us, the table that we'll share in here in a few minutes. Eating a piece of simple bread and taking a sip of simple juice proclaims that the Lord is with us. And that is the opposite, at least culinarily, if that's a word. That's the opposite of being up on the mountain. Being up on the mountain might be like being at a five-star restaurant. Being up on the mountain would be fancy food with interesting preparations and unique presentations. And while there is no doubt that we can go to the Angus barn and have a heavenly experience, God does not stay with us at that experience. God comes down and makes God's self revealed in the simplest of elements piece of bread and a cup. It's the simplest of elements in which we are reminded that God is here with
with us. The Lord has come down from the mountain to meet us here, right here where we are. And so let's turn our gaze and our dreams to realize the full power of God being with us now. God is not just with us on retreat or on vacation or in the beautiful places of the earth. God is not just with with us in praise and worship concerts or in emotional expressions that seem too good to be true. Those are the transfiguration moments of our lives. But God is down here meeting us at the table too. The action is on the way down. And so let's look forward to meeting one another and to meeting our Lord in the simple, regular moments of life where Jesus shows us that that's where the action is going to be because that's where God has the ability to meet us all. Let us pray together. Loving God, we love wonderful, amazing experiences like the Transfiguration but you are present and with us. And the way you tell us to tangibly recognize your presence is in a hard little cracker and a sip of juice. And so, Lord, help us to see our way down the mountain and help us to see in the midst of the regularities of life that this is where you are and where you really are at work. This is where faith comes alive and has significance. This is where this is where the action is in the regularness of life in the everyday things that happen on the way down the mountain. Lord, help us to see that and to share that as we need to. And help us to meet you in the simplicity of this table today where we come to proclaim that you are with us, to receive the forgiveness of sins, to be assured of your love. This, O Lord, we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus, our Lord. Amen.